from HerbMentor.com. This is Herb Mentor Radio. You are listening to Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com. I'm John Gallagher. My guest today is Raylene Kawaii-Aya. Raylene is a longtime teacher of the Hawaiian way of life and has been sharing her understanding of her heritage and cultural practices, as well as teaching hula since 1976. Raylene is a practitioner and master, or haku, of Pono, a spiritual practice to restore and maintain good relations between the divine, humankind, and nature. Raylene lives on the island of Hawaii and works for the Queen Lily Uakalani Children's Center, which works with Hawaiian orphaned and destitute children. Uh, many know Raylene from her interviews in the film Newman, The Healing Nature of Plants. Raylene, aloha. Aloha. So how did I do Wonderful. with my pronunciation there? Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand what you were saying. <laughs> Thank you. I was close. I tried. It's my first my yeah. first attempt. Even, even the only thing I got wrong was the title of the film Newman, which is actually Newman <laughs> Newman the Nature of Plants. But hey, we'll call it the healing nature of plants. Because yeah, that works. well it all works, doesn't it? It all works, exactly. And I know yeah. that um some folks listening because, you know, people come and lean on our site on HerbMentor.com from a lot of different backgrounds and kind of understandings of working with plants. And people may be wondering, mm-hmm. what does what uh, we're talking about have to do with herbs? And though I'm going to let you make all these connections, I will say, I just want to let folks know that um, after I visited um, Kauai myself and being exposed uh, to hula from a traditional people there and then then seeing your presentation at the international herb symposium last june it all makes perfect sense to me um and (laughs) and if um anyone is going to explain the connection between native cultures and plants i feel that it should be a native teacher (laughs) (laughs) and elder which you are both and so i'm not going to try to attempt to do that um so that's why we're really honored to have you with us today um Mm. so honor is mine oh thank you and i guess we should just start with um perhaps maybe um we should start with exactly what is hula because to a lot of folks from the uh Upper 48, do you call it? I don't know. What do you call it in, in Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> the continental the con- United States. The continental, because I know in Alaska they call it the lower 48, so I'm yes, like, is it the upper yes. 48? <laughs> so, um, the, I, continent. the continent. I, I guess I, I um, you know, never really understood uh, hula until I was there and had it all explained to me and got to witness and experience culture um, in your, on your land. And I, I was wondering if you could um, start by sharing that with us. Sure. Well, um, hula is a tradition that has been passed down through time, um, and it speaks of historical and significant events of the people, and it does so um, through the chants and the songs and the dances that express them. Um, It's a direct connection, I think, with um, the heritage and the legacies um, and the traditions, the practical applications of the host culture of these islands. Um, and so it allows us to have a deeper connection and a deeper understanding um, as to what that is. As we, um, for many of us, as we experience the different mele or 
songs, um, whether they are chants or otherwise. Um, it allows us to look at our own relationships in um, in regards to what that particular song is about, because it just opens doors. It opens uh, a deeper understanding of things, and 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 coming from a place that uh, has been uh, practiced for generations, mm-hmm. that allows us, you know, to to look with what was to what is and to what will become for the future generations that follow us. So it's it's a very uh, a really wonderful way to uh, share culture and practices in um, in a way that is very embracing embracing of um, of all different lifestyles. So I I think that's kind of generalizing it enough because it can be so in depth. You right. know we have. Yeah, we have chants that are, you know, talk about creation and and our relationship to to all of things that are created, that um, you know are are generations old, and that allows us to understand our connection to all things. So that's I think hula in a very little, <laughs> very little, um, you know, expression of it right now. And um, were there? I I know that where I live uh, in in Washington State, the first peoples, mm-hmm. the first peoples here, um, uh, like you could go from little area to little area, and like you know, I could go to a place I could drive to in in twenty minutes, and because the the land was so rich, and there's so many different cultures and language groups just in this area alone. I mean, even from island to island, or even within islands, were there differences yes. in how uh, hula was practiced? Um, yes, and a lot of that, is, you know, can we can relate to that today as well as how we each interpret, or, or we each would like to present our um, understanding of the story. And so we will present it in in the ways of what we have uh, learned, what the families may have um, talked about. Um, you know, I was um, talking um, in uh, Europe at one point, and a man there who had been studying things Hawaiian was saying that he had visited Kauai quite frequently, and we were talking about the chance of Pele, and that he he was um, relating that that the people there were talking about how the relationship of Pele and the young chief there, Loreal, and that um, some of their intimacies that mm-hmm. were expressed. Mm-hmm. And I was and I had just shared that there were no physical intimacies. That was part of the story. And he said, "So how can that be? That in Kauai." They're saying that there was, mm-hmm. which is the families of the young chief, and here in Hawaii, where this deity resides, is and the families here connected with that deity, the female, is saying no, it didn't. So, is that so far from what and who we are as people today? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, each family understands a certain portion of the story, mm-hmm. and thereby they express it in the way that they understand it to be. Mm-hmm. And that, and therein lies, you know, a really interesting part of 
uh, of the story of humankind. You know, we each bring to it in our own perceptions of what we have learned and understood. And then it is, is expressed in that manner. And then, you know, you just, um, between the two, do you get the bigger picture? So that's how you end up many times with um, a diversity of expression. You know, the point, I think, is right. what's really wonderful right. is that it's still the same story. Right. Just told through different eyes and different understanding, different perspective. Okay. And... Um so what I wanted to ask you is, thanks for that. That 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 helps a lot to get a deeper understanding. Um, now, now what about um, just the either with hula or just in in general, um, like the relationship with plants? Like, how is that mm. connection made? Well, because we have a understanding that we are we are the youngest um, being created. And that the plants and the things of this um, of, in nature are are the oldest things. So the islands for us as ourselves are our elders and our ancestors, and everything that was born before us or created before us is also that. And so in our traditions, it's very important that we take care of our elders and um, understand what they're, um, how to take care of them. Um, and we look at them and um, realize that they have much to offer us. Um, so medicinally, you can see how that aligns. Through hula, as well as other practices, do they also recognize that the, the plants are, can embody um, the presence of um, the greater wisdom um, of the Creator, if you will, um, through different deity. We may have specific names mm-hmm. that 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 deity can embody this particular plant. And in hula, it is um, that knowledge is is uh, um, really has been held, and so we know many of what plants will allow the deity of Hula to, to come forth. And so we adorn ourselves when we're doing particular dances with those plans that will allow that deity to be with us when we do our presentations. Hmm. Because we understand the significance of what those, the plants um, have in relationship to the powers that be, mm-hmm. in relationship to the creative forces. And so we are um, bringing that and adorning ourselves with that to acknowledge that, to to petition for their presence to be with us when we um, go forth, whether it is in, in a healing practice or in the practice of hula, whatever the practice might be, if it's in lua, which is the uh, Hawaiian um, uh, martial arts, mm-hmm. and in weaponry, it's still the same process of gathering those resources and recognizing where they come from um, and what their uh, uh, potential of what they can bring into our lives. So it's real important that we 
we understand all of what um, they can bring forth and can help us to uh, do things together that we would not be able to do separately. Because at one point, if you look at it, the plants themselves are there, but we have to, we as a human, uh, is is a partner to bring out their medicinal um, resources, if you will, their properties. Um, and we as a human, whether, you know, we are bringing forth all of what they are. And so we, there's a partnership that exists that, that we can, we are unable to produce what they do. You know, we cannot, within our own being, create medicine. Yet it is through them that medicine is created. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, good. <laughs> so, so, well, because what, I, what I'm getting from you is just really an opportunity for people not familiar with what yeah. you just said to expand their definition of medicine yeah. because I believe that a lot of people in Western culture are interested in herbs but what happens inevitably and especially in the beginning it depends on which where you're coming from but a lot yeah. of people are just searching on how to tag the herb onto a Western way of looking at medicine like yeah. oh this constituent is like this drug I'll yeah and 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 you're saying that the ritual and relationship with the plants helps the plant define its medicine well it, it is our it is our partnership right. so we have chants and things that allows us to remember and reminds us that though we are beautiful and unique unto ourselves when we have, and when we take the opportunity to join with another, are we both the greater by the joining. And so when we join together with the plants, um, are we both the greater for the meeting. Mm. So it's, it's recognizing that um, maybe you're a really great um, uh, medicinal practitioner in, in Laal, which is of the plants, in, mm -hmm. in, er, in herbology. Mm -hmm. And so you know how all these pieces fit. Yet, the truth is, if it were not for them, you would be standing alone with having many wonderful thoughts in your head, but not being able to produce anything. Mm -hmm. Same on the other side. The plants themselves are standing there saying, I have all these wonderful qualities and characteristics that I can add into the world. And so they are projecting um, um, an energy that some of us can, can get in line with, aligned with it, so that now we, in turn, can recognize the qualities that they have to offer. Nice. And then the both of us, are now the plant and the human are the greater for the meeting. So it's not one dominant over the other. It's it's walking it together. Okay. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. So 
I, I, what I'm hearing you say is is amazing and to me vital for P- anyone who yeah. is working with plants. And have you found is is this how you present? Because 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 uh, is this how you present when teaching like to people like on how to work with plants? And do you find that? accepted and easily compatible like anywhere you go because it seems such a basic human thing to, to yes pretty pretty much what i um what usually comes up is that most people are um questioning their own ability until of course they gain skill mm-hmm. and that that comes with practice in their relationship with the plants because most of us in, in today's society has been, I think, taught a, a possessive manner mm-hmm. in the sense that once you have gained a skill, then it's mine, mm-hmm. and then you move on. And not always do we remember all the uh, contributing factors that you gained in your skills. Okay. And so in, in our relationship with the plants, you know, and, and 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 it's real hard for me to say the plants, because they are sentient beings, mm-hmm. and and you know, and there you think, well, you know, what does that mean? That means for me that they have presence in our world, and that they have significant um, contribution to life, as we do, or that we have the opportunity to. And so the more that we can realize how we are contributing to each other's existence, do we enhance each other's existence? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most people that I, I uh, run a, you know, come and speak with or we're just talking story, is they know this innately, but not always do they have... Um, the words or that they have, uh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling. So there becomes a, a familiarity that is now, now I know what it is that I've been looking for. I had this sense about it, but I, I've never been able to articulate it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's usually what comes out when we're, you know, when we have talk story, what I call, where we're just discussing our, our, uh, experiences of life and mm-hmm. what we're learning in our practices of, of applications um, and discovery of, of, one's, of one's potential, which may be the plant itself. You know, you know it's, I, I, um, I find, and one of the many reasons I want to talk to you today is that I, I, I know that it's important for every individual to find their own way to form relationships with plants and to find a foundation, but definitely everyone mm-hmm. needs that in order to work with them. Otherwise, they're just chasing constituents and chemicals and books. You know what I mean? They're, they're yes. not having... Yes. And, um, and then what I do get, and just, you know, just being completely honest and here with, <laughs> you know, just with everyone listening, uh, is that... Uh, um, it's like I, I I sometimes get difficulties with people who have already really set spiritual mm-hmm. or religious beliefs and value systems when I start to bring up 
things like this to them when it's misunderstanding, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. like, so when you, when you're out and you are teaching as you do to a lot of people, whether on the continent mm-hmm. or in Hawaii, um, mm-hmm. how do you communicate that with people who already seem to have a really set belief system and how they think things are? <laughs> um, <laughs> Does that I, make yeah, sense? <laughs> yeah. I, I find that we have more common ground than what they than what they first mm-hmm. would anticipate. Mm-hmm. That more so they, you know, they come with a, a preset idea of what things or what practices are. And then we can, usually we, we will discuss further that it is, um, it's an embracing of all life and all creation mm-hmm. and honoring it in such a way as we would honor any anything mm-hmm. or any one, um, and that realizing that um, that world, the world of nature, is a part of the Creator itself. Mm-hmm. And when, no matter what text or what knowledge base that they come from, even perhaps even through the scientific mind, where you know they see all the molecules, they know all the DNA. What they're proving is that same story, mm-hmm. that they're recognizing that there's more to the story and more to the story that finds that we're more connected than not. Mm-hmm. And so you lay that base of commonality that, you know, it's like the story that I just spoke about, that one side of the family who knows a particular story is standing very strong in their story and saying, but this is the way it is. And the other side of the family is saying, well, that may be true for you, but this is our experiences, and this is what we have found to be true in our practice and our understanding. The question lies, can I still honor you in your diversity? Because you're still honoring the same things as I do, but perhaps in a different way. Mm-hmm. And there lies an openness of discussion now. Right. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, in Newman, you were talking about, you mentioned the creation chat. Or is that what it was? Yes. Can you tell yes. us about that? Because, you know, the thing, I, I, I was, you know, when I was listening to you in Newman and, and you know, and I, I, I was kind of like, I want to hear more from Raylene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know, I didn't make the film, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, again what is very significant for us, as uh, the tr- as our traditions have taught us, is that all the pieces fit, and that they have um, a specific. Um, um, presentation of life. So in this chat, it talks about from the darkness. It's it's similar to what people would uh, read in Genesis. Mm-hmm. You know that it talks about in the dark and in the chaos, and it talks about how life emerged, mm-hmm. and then it goes into the light, and it goes into the stars, and every aspect of life, every from the dinosaurs to the creatures of the sea, every creature is mentioned. Every uh, thing that we experience our life is mentioned in this, in this chat. 
So, and some people, um, because of the way we do, you know, they are aligning it. Well, it was just a remake of of the creation of creation itself, as written in the Bible. Okay, that's to me. It's like okay, and if it was, does it make it any less? Right. And so you know, and for some. Yes, it does. And for others of us, we still see the connection. We still know the stories, which aligns us to recognize that we are part of a great family. And that's part of what that chant has to to offer us, Mm -hmm. that we are all connected. Mm -hmm. And that as the youngest born, as humankind is the youngest born, can we not see our elders that was created in each of the dispensations of time. Hmm. And here we are now, and we are here in our culture, Punahele, which is the the youngest child, the, the chosen child, if you will, the special child, and that is humankind. We're the, the Punahele of the Kahiapo, which is the elders, the eldest child. And the responsibility or the kuliana of the punahele is to take care of the elder mm-hmm. child. And so this chant reminds us that we don't stand here alone. This was not, and most and many times, I think we are taught all of this was created for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might be the other way around. Right. And maybe we need to start realizing that. Because it is of them that we ourselves expand in our expression of the more that we can see our connectedness, the more that we ourselves are expanding. So that that kind of chant is, it kind of um, allows us to see the bigger picture. Okay. Wow. Thank you for that. I learned yeah. more about that when I was, you know, when I when I was mm-hmm. visiting um, Kauai, uh, I had a chance to uh, a friend of mine. Uh, it's actually a person I went to school with. Sister had married a Hawaiian man, like mm-hmm. you know, a couple few decades ago, and now um, he passed away since. This is on Kauai, and she's learned mm-hmm. the ways, and she runs the hula in her. What do you call an area of the island that's uh, like where there's a group of people, uh, a group of uh, um, like there are different parts um, on Kauai where there are different hula and different like halau. Yeah, and and so halau. she runs uh, the hula there on certain a certain night every week or two weeks. People come ah, and learn, so, and yeah. and she runs programs in the schools um, to teaching. Oh, wonderful! And and so I, I got to go to the school program, and it really struck me and the children um, the difference um, in relationship to native culture. Um, on on the children on Hawaii versus, um, uh, let's say, children in our schools and their relation mm-hmm. to the Native peoples in their area. And because mm-hmm. um, it seems like um, the really, like the children there, no matter what their background or race, seem to really be like welcomed um, yeah. as, as like as, as people of the island and everything. I think that was just really cool. And so do you see like, with um when you're reaching and working with younger people like um mm-hmm. 
like that they embrace that and 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 start to understand the kind of ways and flow and respect for the uh, nature on the island. Yes, um, I see that just uh, um, with anything in the moment because I I too teach um, teach um, middle particularly middle school age um, OPO children and and high school. And we we have a cultural program that we that we do with them through the modality of hula, and mm. that's you know, and that's because it will open all the doors into history, mm. um, particular events, relationships of what was happening in history, to why this chant was written, what was it in regards to, um, and and how uh, interrelationships of humankind how it affected the whole, um, and how are they in their own relationship with their own peers. Um, in, our pra- in our particular program, um, it is important that um, these, these children have some uh, responsibilities. One of them, because it's, it's uh, with the school system, that they have to maintain um, a grade point average. And um, for for here for this particular program, it's a 2.0 mm-hmm. grade point average with no failing grades in any core subjects. And they need to have a good relationship with their teachers as well as their peers in their school. No fights, no you know uh, conflicts. And they also need to have um, re- good relationship with their parents and their families. And what is their con- contributions to their community so that we can address these things with them that, you know, as, as young people and, and even those of us who are not as young, that we find that when we are in relationship with other human people, many times there's conflicts, mm-hmm. there's a difference of opinions. Mm-hmm. And so what we're able to do is... Um, highlight the situation in such a way so what is another way what's another solution what is another way that allows you to maintain your values and still be able to address your concern without without um creating uh, an illness if you will Mm -hmm. a brokenness of that relationship so it's an ongoing process, as we mm-hmm. all know. Mm-hmm. But if but if we can um, fortify these children to look at their skills and build upon their skills and being able to do that, then it's our thought that then we were all we will all be the better for it, mm. you know. And as I'm getting older, and these children will be at the age where they'll be making the decisions of how they're going to take care of me mm-hmm. in, um, you know, in deciding what society is going to be, be like, it becomes very important to me that I'm going to instill, instill within them the connectedness, the connectedness of, of humankind, the connectedness of nature itself, and their connectedness to the powers and the creator of all things. So, you know, it's it's a wonderful way that um, that I see many youth has a sense of disconnectedness. Mm-hmm. That you know, there's only there's them, there's their friends, and 
you know, the rest, uh, and I see that more plainly, I think, now than perhaps before. It's a real dichotomy, mm. you know, um, in the sense that, you know, here's this great effort to bring connectedness into the world and realizing that what we do has a direct effect upon all of us, um, and yet on the, in a very personal manner, and these, I think these young people are, are having a sense of, well, what's the sense? You know, um, so there's, there's not that connectedness to um, see the world as a part of their experience in, in that way. Do, you know? do, do you find then, like this, sometimes when people then, maybe because you're working with them as children, it gets in them, and then maybe when they get a little older, maybe have kids of their own, that there's kind of a turnaround? They start to seek, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's always the the the, the hope. hope. <laughs> you know, because we're we all come to it. But if we can, what I found is that when you build a relationship with that with that person, that at least you know you remind them of the greater part of themselves, and that's one of the things that we do within with the program that we do is that. I share with these um, children, young adults, that I have an expectation of the of experiencing the greatest part of who they are, you know, the greater the greater being that they are, and what I've learned from just saying that to them, that is what they present to me. Right. They don't present to me the child that misbehaves in the classroom. They don't present to me you know, other aspects that I see the same child, you know, in, or I hear about mm-hmm. the same child in the classroom with, because the teacher has talked to me. How did you get this child to behave? Mm-hmm. I said, I yes. don't expect him not to. Uh, <laughs> huh. I have to remember that next. <laughs> yeah. I'm now speaking of that, Raylene. I want to know how you grew up because did you grow up in um you know from 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 a from a girl in, in a traditional way or were did you have a moment where you kind of diverted and then came you know came back to yes. your culture how about what's your story there I was um raised in a family um that my parents felt that being Hawaiian was not going to be the best thing for me mm. um, in culture. And, it, well, in society at that time, it was recognized that most people had a, a perception of what Hawaiians were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, the same kind of story, I think, with many Native peoples, mm-hmm. lazy, party, mm-hmm. you know, um, all those kind of negative connotations. Mm-hmm. And so I was raised that I was not that. Um, and in what what was also happening is that I had uh, um, I had it within me, I think, to to ask um, what I understood as and what I still understand as the Creator, as Father in Heaven, as you know the creative forces that I had that relationship, and I have always had that relationship. So when I had questions, 
I could I would always go there mm-hmm. to have an understanding of you know there's a part of us sometimes that we we remember it's not supposed to be like this we're not supposed to treat each other like this and how is it that we do and so those are the kind of questions that I would ask in my prayers that I would write letters home to dad which was the creator and and ask for an explanation mm-hmm. how is it that we do these things and the answers would come um and and as I grew older and I had um, other family members that I could express these things with, did they let me know that that was a very natural way to be and that it was very Hawaiian, that that's how we are taught. Our ancestors will come in and talk to us in our dreams or talk to us through our prayers. And, that, um, and so it just has evolved from from that kind of... Uh, living in a reality of what society is today and being balanced in the non-physical reality for me Mm -hmm. of what life is. Mm -hmm. So it's been a continual uh, learning. At a certain point, when I was in my early 20s, my mother and I, we lived in the same area, became uh, involved in a, in a bowling league. And the people that were in this league were all local people from Hawaii. And this was in California. And, that, um, and so they decided for their awards banquet, they were going to do a luau. And, these, and it was a parent-child bowling league. Uh-huh. And so our, our parents decided that their adult children, us, was going to dance and entertain <laughs> at this awards banquet. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so in, in the preparation of that, um, that escorted and opened the door to that side of who I am, mm. um, of the culture, of its practices. And because I had already learned how to ask questions of the non-physical world, um, those answers were coming through that way as well um, in relationship to the culture and to the practices and to hula. Um, and it continued to do so. And, and you found uh, elders to connect with on your lands and then, and then learn more? Uh, um, yes, but most of it was of the non-physical. Okay. Um, yeah, and what the uh, in the physical world where was I able to connect with elders who wanted to know how did I learn? How did I know these things that they only remembered as children? That allowed me to to realize wow. that what I was learning was valid. Wow, that's yeah. something else. <laughs> um. Well, I was also taught. Uh, and what I thought at the time is that everybody learns that way. Mm. I didn't know that there are many of us who don't. And even with that, it was like, how come? <laughs> <laughs> why Why aren't we doing it like that? You know, um, and so after a while, it was like, well, whatever way we learn, 
um, is a benefit to us where we are. This just happens to be the way that I get to do it. <laughs> now, now you know, and, and you, you, so I, you know, I first heard you speak in Newman, and then I saw you at the, because uh, I yes. saw a copy before, the, and saw you at the International mm-hmm. Herb Symposium. Did you make that connection to work in, in the, with herbalists? Like, did you learn a lot about the medicinal uses, and or did you heal, or find, or did you find your own way? Did the plants speak to you on how to heal, and do you, you work with people healing with plants where you live? I know that's a lot of um, questions. I was all, all yeah, over the place, yeah. but you see where I'm getting Most, at. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly, I don't work directly with the plants in what they do. I leave that to the, the masters of those skills. Mm-hmm. My skill is working with the human, because mm-hmm. what Ho'oponopono is about, and what I understand is that it was a process that when a person was ill or had, you know, um, was sick in, in some form, the process was to find out if that person was holding within them mentally, physically, spiritually, anything that would cause the illness, um, any ill feeling towards another, or were there others that had ill feelings towards that person so that when the medicinals are applied, there would be no resistance to the properties of what they could present to that person to be healed. There would be like open channels that the medicines could work well. And so my work is to see if, to see if anyone's standing in their own way mm-hmm. of, having, of allowing these medicines to do what they can do. Okay, okay, okay. So. so I work more in that way of when, say, um, when there is a person that is has some kind of illness going on, is finding out, so where are you with this? Right. You know, and many times, particularly if it's health challenges that brings your mortality close, you know, they are definitely worried about their mortality. And and they have specific things in mind that they want to have um, experience in their life, yet they're holding on to negativity. That's what I call resistance mm-hmm. in the body. That would be like a, a, a blockage for the energy of the medicine to do what it can do. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with that in a sense because as an acupuncturist personally, yeah. energetically, yeah. They, I see we sense blocks and we work on that on that level. But, I mean, I can yeah. see that on a, a block then you would work on with people and then the medicine of the plants that you're working, that, 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 the, that a person who works with plants uh, on where mm-hmm. you live will then have their work be more effective. That's what yeah. I see. Okay. Because it's like you know how some people sometimes they don't they don't really want to take certain medicines right. um, because of the, the side effects or whatever may come, and so they will take it they will take it but they won't like taking it mm-hmm. because of those things. So the don't like is a resistance to to what the medicine has to offer. 
So it's like they're only seeing the cup half empty rather than the cup full, you know, half full. Um, So they're focusing on the side effects rather than allowing their energy to focus on the outcome of what can be. Now, is that wise? You, You know, generally... It, that's where it lies, well, it may be wise for this person, but maybe not for the other person. And that's part of the work. Because with one person, there may be a greater resistance than the other. of You know, a greater form of fear than the other. And so it's looking at them looking at themselves and reflecting. All, all I do is reflect back to them, you know, what it is that... Um, that they themselves are expressing. Um, okay. And when you are then working, you know, with people or maybe you're, you're teaching, mm-hmm. let's say when you were teaching last year, um, you know, uh, what, what do you share with people like a first step or that they can take to have a deeper understanding of that relationship or just relationship with, with, Lance in general, you know, like how, like what, what, what's something that kind of helps people kind of take things to that deeper level that you talk about? Um, many times what comes up for me to say to them is um, three little words and it's for what purpose? Mm. So that they're asking themselves and for what purpose do I need to know this? And for what purpose, if I gain this knowledge, that I will utilize this? And for what purpose? So it's just repeating that, those words to help you find clarity. Right. To help you understand that, you know, it, it's not a generalized, well, I, I think it'd be really wonderful to know this. Oh, good. But for what purpose? Right. Oh. Or, or I think I should pick this plant for what purpose or, yeah. or how much. Right. Yes. Because so it's that uh, open discussion. Right. Um, and and realizing that you will receive answers. Right. And when you least expect it, right? Yeah. And in weird ways. <laughs> yeah. And how well, how and and that's part of the discussion that we have with ongoing classes is how well do you know yourself. How well do you know how you interrelate? You know, what is the story that goes on in your mind and in your head when certain things come up? When you see a plant maybe that you don't know, what's the tape that's running? How well do you know yourself that allows you to open and embrace the knowledge that is, is desiring for you to become familiar with? So say, as an example, you you become aware of a plant. Someone has told you about this plant, and so, oh, okay, you're going to go and, and look for this plant, and you find it. And some of us will come with a great expectation and excitement of what this of what your connection will be and what you will gain from your experience of it. Others will come to it and think, well, I know they told me about this, but you know, will will I find this to be true? I don't know. Or is it based on your friend's knowledge or is it based on your own experience of it? Mm -hmm. And for some of us, 
we hold more validity on our friend's knowledge than we do hold in our own personal experience of it. Mm. So how well do you know what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. And and therefore, your journey, a person's journey with learning about plants and nature is then reflected back and is really a journey of learning more about themselves, yes. right? Yes. It's not just about learning about a plant or a tree or what an animal's habitat is. It's really learning about yourself because you are yes. that. You are that. You are all of nature. Yes, we we are that. Right. So that plant and I are that. That animal and I are that. We contribute to each other's existence. Though we may see many times particularly, well, with plants as well, we see them as a uh, um, a resource of um, to consume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we think that's, that's, that's their story. Well, they were created so I can eat you. Right. Well, perhaps... You know, and and even in that, even even in that, the, is there an appreciation mm-hmm. of that creation, of what in the eating of it that it brings into your body, that it still continues on in its form in your body? You know, how well do you know you? How well do you know your connections? I'm I'm hope this is great, and I'm hoping everyone. Uh, kind of remembers this and asks these questions when going out because yeah. we teach about going and harvesting plants and using them but when harvesting yeah. the plant and i found that being in a state of uh, always giving thanks or always being in that place mm-hmm. of appreciation always makes better medicine and always helps me understand the plants and um you know yeah. and, and it's always so beyond what constituents are but more of that who that planet is as a being yeah. and that's thank you for articulating that's what that. We, yeah, we do that in um, like if we're gathering plants, particular plants for lays in hula, mm-hmm. the lays that we wear on our bodies, and we're going to go into a forested area to do the gathering. It is it is very important that we address the family, meaning so if it's um, um, here in Hawaii, there's a uh, tree uh, and it has a very beautiful blossoms and very beautiful um, leaves budding leaves that can all be woven into very beautiful lace and the the tree um, and the and these flowers and these leaves are very significant in of themselves and it is our way that when we come to the forest we stand outside of the forest line and we would ask permission to enter. Um, And in the asking, it is inclusive of who we are, where we come from, what it is that we would like to do while we are in amongst them, and that we are asking that we can come to, to gather them. And we and in that, we're telling, it's like you're talking to the whole family, who we are, and we're, we have come here because we wish to create these lays. And this is what we're going to do with, with you in this journey. And you will experience this in this journey. And you, these flowers and these buds, are you're expressing to them. And you will um, have an insight into what it is to 
to be in hula and to express it in this way. And so we were asking, can we come within? So if we are, if we are given permission to enter, then we go in. But we don't yet pick because then we're now at the individual tree or the individual blossom. Mm -hmm. And before we even take that individual blossom, we're still ongoing in our story. We're still articulating that you are so beautiful and you would look really lovely in this lay. And if you were to choose to come with me, we're going to dance this hula and we're going to go to this place and this is what you will see. Do you want to come with me? And you wait until you have a knowing that yes, they do, or thank you, but no thank you. I would rather stay home with the rest of my family. And then you honor that and you move on. So that's what it is like in medicine as with the practitioners of La'au La'au. They don't just gather the pool together because they know that's a field of medicine. They are pertain um paying particular attention to which ones want to come mm -hmm. to do this journey. So when they're, I think many practitioners are like that. They already know who the medicine is for, and they're only picking for that particular uh, person. So they're telling the story of what's happening with this person um, and how, you know, uh, how they would be utilized. So which ones of you would like to come with me in the healing of this person, and that's who they pick. Raylene, that's our traditions. Raylene, would you feel comfortable sharing a song related to what you were talking about, or is that not appropriate? Or because <laughs> they're just so uh, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> well, I just well, why I ask is that. Uh, um, I, I, well, as you were speaking those words, I, I just, cause my mind's eye was going to you and, you know, harvesting and having that relationship. And I'm like, there must be songs that are sung. Why this is Most the... times. And there are traditional songs that are done that allows us to teach, you know, a relationship. But most times it's really speaking from your, um, um, for us, it's called the Na'al, mm -hmm. inside the seat of where your spirit is, mm -hmm. yeah, which is in your solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And to speak from that place, so you're speaking you, your whole truth, mm -hmm. and in our way, we would chant those things mm -hmm. um, to, in, in our story and in our discussion mm -hmm. with, um, with these other beings that are here for us to do this work of medicinal practice together. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it wouldn't, for me, it, it's um, in the moment, if oh, you yeah, will. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted yeah. to know. That's what I wanted to know, you know, like that's because I, yeah. I, I, like I said, I just had that imagery that that happens. And so I just wondering yeah. if it did and it does. So I, yeah. I that's, that's, um, that's beautiful. Um, so a lot of times in a lot of the chants that would be done, there would be an acknowledgement of where they were, mm -hmm. the area in which they were, mm -hmm. and they would, they would um, articulate the, the, the beauty of where of where they are, whether the you know the breeze is coming up 
over the ocean and coming onto the land, and then you recognize the rainfalls here. So you're acknowledging all the elements mm. of what helped to create that space and therein create the plants that dwell there and that how healthy they are and how beautiful they are and, and how honored you are to be amongst them. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the dialogue mm-hmm. that happens with wherever that place may be. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. That is, this has been just an amazing, I just, um, you, you, you've, you, you've shared so many beautiful and wonderful things. I, I'm, my, my head is contemplating all of these <laughs> all at once. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing this with us. And I, I, I imagine that anyone out there who is, wants to learn more can, uh, I don't know, visit your island and manifest that place for themselves and ask for what purpose, and maybe you'll be led to the yes. right place. <laughs> yes, yes. And that lies, that lies with wherever we are. Yeah. And, you know, many people would ask, you know, they'll come here and, you know, what's not to fall in love with? Right. You know, and, and you know, and here is a place that embraces you and, and and it's not your home of reality. You know, it's not the land of reality for most people who come here. The land of reality is where they came from. Mm-hmm. And so it's to reconnect. And a lot of people say, well, what can I do for you? And it's like, love your land. Love mm-hmm. where you're at. Right. Talk to them so that they will be vibrant because they recognize that you recognize them. So, you know, it's like that's what we have to offer. Take it home. Practice it. You know, um, hold your talk story with with those plants in the area and recognize, you know, all the elements that are in place so that everything thrives and is abundantly beautiful and and all the things that come into the land will help it to bring forth its fullest potential of health and well-being of who's going to consume it. All those things. You know, we can do that wherever we are. Mm. Yeah, but sometimes we think, well, that's how it's like in Hawaii, or mm. that's what it's like in wherever. Yes. Yeah. Even even in um, Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because maybe you have a small apartment, yeah. or and, but you have plants that are in your house. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. people, you know, they take the time to talk to their mm-hmm. plants, and they are vibrant. Mm-hmm. And you begin to have this relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get busy at work and you get busy with family and you get busy with and And so, yeah, you're you're giving it water because you see that it needs water. But there's no personal relationship with that. And you will see that the plant will change. Mm-hmm. Well, Raylene, it's been most enlightening. Thank you so much. Well, I should say mahalo, correct? You're very welcome. Mahalo, thank you. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio, copyright LearningHerbs.com, all rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.